0: Welcome to this week's podcast at Bergen Park Church from Evergreen, Colorado. We hope you enjoy this message, and if you'd like to hear any more or learn more about the church, please visit bergenparkchurch.org. Hey, it's good to see you here. We love you guys. It's good to uh, gather together. You know, often we spend most of our lives just fixated on what we want. At least I do. I mean, you guys are different. You're better. But I do, I mean, I'm fixated on it. I'm sold out on what I want. I know what I want. And it bugs me when other people don't do what I want. Or know how important what I want is what I want and you guys gotta get on, you know what I mean? We just know what we want. And so much of our, our listening is devoted to what we want. Hearing our own voice. Or hearing the voices that most line up with what we want. We spend a lot of time listening. You know, Sunday morning, I think probably more than any other generation, it, it's so challenging because what I do up here, let's be honest, it's weird. Unless you're in college. But you guys sleep through that, right? I mean, that's, how many of you sit in a lecture for 30 minutes and you're all kind of looking at me right now and it's, it's a little nerve wracking. like, what's this guy gonna say? hey, I showed up, buddy. And we gotta bring the music and then we gotta bring the message. And, and the question is, when we show up, are we ready not just to hear from me or from the, the band, but to hear from the Lord? And what does that mean? Do we know what God wants? You know, I think the challenge as well is that all week long we're listening. I mean, I love podcasts. I don't know how many podcasts I go through in a week, and then I hear about a new podcast. I'm like, ooh, I gotta listen to that. And then all week long we're constantly taking information in. But do we listen to the Lord? I think the hardest thing in my job every week is to listen to the Lord. I don't know if you hear that. My hardest thing to do every single week is to listen to the Lord. And I was just talking to somebody a few minutes ago and one of the things I have to listen past is my own anxiety. You know, last night I woke up 1.30 in the morning dripping, just sweat, because Sunday's coming. I've been doing this 25 years and yet I still feel the weight. I feel the weight of getting up, the, the weight of sharing something from the Lord, from my own heart. And sometimes anxiety can take over. Fear can take over. Do we know how to listen to the Lord? See, we're in the book of Ecclesiastes. And I love how in in this book, he's addressed a number of issues that are major questions when it comes to belief in God. One is oppression and injustice. In chapter three, he talks about to everything, turn, turn, there's a season, turn, 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 and a time to every, you know, the song. And he says, we're not in control, but we long to be. We long to be in control, but we have to trust the one who is in control. See, because in this world, there's also oppression and injustice. There's workaholism. And he says, I heard the tears of the oppressed, and they had no one to comfort them. And then next week, we'll look at materialism. And then right in the middle of all that is chapter five. And the focus of chapter five is not work, it's worship. Because the reason there's injustice in the world is an issue of worship. The reason we work too much is an issue of worship. The reason there's materialism is an issue of worship. The reason I have anxiety and I wake up at 1.30 is an issue of worship. It's about who we're listening to. So let's jump into it. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. We're going to pick it up in verse 1. It's a short, short passage. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5 verses 1 through 7 the word of the teacher. He says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. And notice, draw near to listen. is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools. For they do not know that they are doing evil. So do not be rash with your matter, or let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven, you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few, for a dream comes with much busyness and a fool's voice with many words. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay in paying it, for he takes no pleasure in fools. Instead, pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay it. Let your mouth lead you not into sin, and do not say before the messenger, hey, it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the works of your hands? For when dreams increase and your words grow many, there is vanity. But God is the one you must fear. This is the word of the Lord. All thanks be to God. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Jesus, you are gentle and humble in heart. But to receive that gentleness, the truth, we have to humble ourselves, submit ourselves before you. And you tell us, you'll sanctify us, you'll change us by the word of truth. May your word of truth go out sanctify us and change us in Jesus name amen so what does god want what is he looking for we often share with god what we want but what does he want and it's pretty consistent you know from beginning to end throughout genesis to revelation what god wants even when you go back to adam and eve it's it's interesting You know, Adam and Eve were in perfect relationship with God, perfect relationship with each other, themselves, and creation, and yet it says God blessed them and said to them that, see, they were not perfect apart from God's voice, that God blessed them, meaning they needed to know where their identity came from and they needed God to speak into their life as perfect human beings before the Father and as broken human beings today. How much more do we need God's voice? But don't we long to listen to something? Why do we have to have another podcast? Why do we constantly long for more truth and more information? Could it be that God has created us to listen to him and we're going out into the world to hear things that may satisfy our soul, but until we take our heart and our soul and our mind before the Father, we're not gonna be satisfied. And see, that's what the writer of Ecclesiastes is getting to. As he looks at a world that is messed up by sin and brokenness, he says, here's the solution. We have to guard our steps. We have to recognize who we're approaching when we worship God. Now, what I want to do is I want to back up, because, see, this theme is throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. One of the places it shows up is in Deuteronomy chapter 6. See, in Deuteronomy chapter six, the nation of Israel was about to enter into the promised land. They had suffered for 40 years before they got to the promised land. They're about to enter. And in Moses, God speaking through Moses says this to his people, that as you enter and you take hold of this precious gift, here's what matters. Deuteronomy 6, four, look at these first few words. He says, hear, listen, O Israel, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words, meaning what you just heard, that I commanded you today, shall they be on your heart? And would you teach them diligently to your children? Would you talk about them when you sit down in your house, when you walk on the way, when you lie down, and when you rise? And would you bind them as a sign on your hand? that they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. God says, as I am one and as I am undivided, what I desire from you is undivided worship. See, in a world that's constantly listening, what God desires from us is a heart that's fully devoted to him. Now, that's the goal. The question is how do we get there? And see that's what Deuteronomy six is telling us, it's what Ecclesiastes five is telling us that our undivided God desires undivided worship, but the challenge is because of our own brokenness, we're divided. James says we're like a wave tossed by the sea, meaning every circumstance of life comes into our lives and we start listening to a different voice. Instead of listening and running to the Father, we start listening to ourselves or just the wisdom of the world. And it doesn't mean these things are bad in and of themselves, but when we listen to the world to give us what God can give, it leads us astray. And there's a lot of powerful voices. Some of them are within your own body. There are desires. Certainly when you're young, those desires, and even when you're old, they're strong. They speak to us. What do we listen to? Our world is filled with desires and voices. What the writer of Ecclesiastes is challenging us to do is in this world of chaos and brokenness, what is it we're centering our ears, our hearts on? So in Ecclesiastes 1.1, it says, draw near to listen. Moses says in Deuteronomy 6, hear, O Israel. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, when Moses was describing what Israel would do, and do you notice they said, bind God's word on your hands? Have you seen like the Orthodox Jews actually do that? They actually put God's word on their forehead. They write it on their doorposts. Now, I don't know if they were supposed to take it literally, but I think what he's saying is do whatever it takes to get it in. If it means you need to write it on your forehead when you're at King Supers, write it on your forehead when you're at King Supers, You may feel like a fool, but if you don't listen to the words of God, you will be a fool. And the writer of Ecclesiastes has taken a scalpel to our heart and he's challenging the way that we worship God and the way we fool ourselves that we're giving ourselves to the Lord and yet we're not because our ears aren't devoted to him. Do whatever it takes to listen to the Lord. Now, let me say something on that. Often when we have a message like this, there's kind of a set way that people think what this looks like. Okay, you're telling me to get up at five in the morning, six in the morning, that's when the spiritual people get up. Spend two hours in the Bible in prayer. Maybe, but not necessarily. You have to find what's, what God has uniquely designed you in to allow his word to get in. You know how it works for me? What I do is I take scripture and I listen to it on repeat, whole chapter. You know what I start doing? I start walking. And I start allowing those spoken words just simply to saturate my mind and my ears and my heart. And my body needs to move. Because I don't know if you're someone like that. You may be a doer. You've got to do things. And so if I sit there, and sometimes I need to sit there and just get before the word and listen and read But if I really want it to sink in, I've got to allow that voice, that word constantly to wash over me and then once it's in my heart, to begin to recite it back to the Father and allow the Spirit to use it. And here's what the Spirit does. When you start getting God's word in your mind and your heart, it says, stop. Hey, you know what you just heard right there? I want you to sit there. And this week, it was interesting, I was actually listening to a podcast and if I could be honest, it was a podcast for women Now, let me back up. I didn't know it was a podcast for women. Okay, it's called the Emotionally Healthy Podcast, and they kind of snuck in an episode that's devoted. It's called the Emotionally Healthy Woman, but I was emotionally healthy anyways. And I was listening to this podcast, and in it, she was talking about the fear we have around what others think about us. And so I was like, okay. (laughs) I was there. Because sometimes what my heart wants to do is instead of just listening to the Lord, what it wants to do is to take what others may say about me or think about me and I'll sit there and begin to play that over in my heart. That's worship, that's meditation, that's righteousness. Why did Jesus come? Just to get us to another destination? No. Listen, that's an important result. He came to cover us in his righteousness. Righteousness means identity. See, he exchanged our filthy rags, our brokenness, our sin. He took that upon himself so that what he would place on me is his identity, his righteousness, his acceptance. So that I'd find my acceptance not in what people think or what people say or the slander or even the anger. Listen, in our culture, there's a lot of anger. I wouldn't find my identity there. Rather, I'd find my identity in Christ so that I can go out to the world that's angry and broken, that's anxious and speak peace and truth because see, my heart is right and I'm wrapped up in Christ. That's what Jesus came to accomplish, to take our sin upon himself so that his identity with the Father is us. And I don't know if you realize this. If you read the New Testament, Jesus listened a lot to the Father. Have you noticed that? It's like crazy. Wait a minute, isn't he God? He's like, yeah, but he says, every word I do, everything I do comes from my Father. And how did he do that? Through the Holy Spirit. That Jesus was fully human. And in his life, the very thing he's calling us to do is the very thing that he did, that through the power of the Spirit, he listened to the Father. And that's what directed him. And just as Adam and Eve, remember, God created them, blessed them, and said to them, you know what happened? And we talked about this last week, early on in Jesus' ministry. As he began his ministry, the Father came to him and said, You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Your identity comes from my voice. And see, if your identity comes from the voice of God and your heart is captivated by it, your life will be captivated. But the question is, what are we listening to? What are we listening to? What's filling our hearts? What's overwhelming our mind? And parents, could I say something to you? Just as the Father speaks that identity to us, you've gotta speak that identity to your children. The most important thing you can do is say to your child, the reason I love you is because you are mine. Now, I'm not always pleased with you. And sometimes you drive me nuts but you are mine, and my love and my pleasure comes from the fact that you belong to me. That's what the Father is constantly saying to us. And see, what we need from the Father, what Jesus received from the Father, we have, we have to give to our children. And the writer of Ecclesiastes is taking us into this pattern of, of how do we do that? And before we get there, you know, in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, as the apostle Paul was speaking, and he was going out to these communities and speaking to the Jews about the gospel, there was this particular group of people. And every time they would hear from Paul, what they would do is they'd take his words and they would go back to scripture and they would see if what Paul says is true. And I've gotta tell you, I think the church has stopped doing that. And I don't mean just you. I'm talking about as I look at the church as a whole, Sometimes we're just listening to the one up front. That's dangerous because this guy is a sinner. This guy is broken. This guy often speaks out of his brokenness and his wants and his vision of what things should be. And in the American church, we have to start listening to the Father, listening to the voice of the Spirit, more than just listening to a pastor who says what we want to be true. Because they're out there. And there's a prosperity gospel that will say, you know, if you have enough faith, God wants to keep you fat and healthy and blessed. There's also a political gospel. There are all sorts of gospels where people will say the very things that our hearts most desire and line it up with scripture. But if we don't take it to the Father and listen to him, we've gotta check with what God is saying and not just trust the one who's speaking it. And see, that's exactly what Ecclesiastes 5.1 is saying. He tells us that as we come into the house of God, and when he's talking about the house of God, he's talking about the temple. And as we come to the temple, he says, verse one, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. And notice, we've gotta have an attitude of listening. It's better to listen than simply to offer the sacrifice of fools. Why is that person a fool? Because he doesn't listen or he thinks that he listens and so, for they do not know that they're doing evil. So here's somebody that's coming and here's one of the ways I know I've come and I've half listened because see, I've sat down and someone starts speaking and I go, I already know that, I've heard that one. Heard that sermon, read that book, I don't need it because I already have it. Now what's wrong with that? God does not care about the retention of knowledge. The longest distance in my life is between my head and my heart. And see, that word is supposed to change me, it's supposed to shape me. And sometimes the things that we think we have heard haven't changed us. And one of the ways we keep it from changing is saying, I already know that. Or another way we half listen is we're more impressed with what we say than what God says. And because no shaft of lightning has struck us down, we just figure, you know, God doesn't care. God doesn't care that I just run off at the mouth. And he's saying, be careful, God is in heaven and you you are on earth, don't be a fool. Offer your full heart, your, your mind to him. Jesus said, you can only serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money." What is he addressing? You know, two things matter, love God and love your neighbor. So here's a picture of what that looks like. In Luke chapter 18, two people were approaching the house of God. One was a religious type, us, someone like us. Another one was a sinner, a tax collector both standing in the presence of God. And one stood up and he said, you know what? I'm glad I'm not like those people. That tax collector, he needs you. And what was the tax collector doing? All he could see was the Lord. And he said, I need you. Which one are we? As we approach the Father, do we recognize the majesty of of who he is, what he's done for us? Because see, in the presence of that kind of holiness, you can't compare yourself to somebody else. And if you do compare yourself to someone else, you're going to realize that's another sinner that's fully in need of grace. Not an individual I can hate. But as Jesus rescued me with enemy love, that is a person in need of God's grace, forgiveness, and mercy. And my battle, church, is not against flesh and blood. Stop fighting people. It's against principalities and powers that want me to believe the best way I can love God is by hating my neighbor. Because see, what's he describing in here is what comes out of us when we worship. And when you worship the one true living God, you're gonna love God, you're gonna love your neighbor. And loving your neighbors means speaking truth. Sometimes it it means standing for the truth. Sometimes it's hard and difficult. But when you love money, what comes out is the love of money. It, what comes out is oppression. When you love simply your work, when you love simply yourself, what comes out is what's what's in. And Jesus and, and the writer of Ecclesiastes tell us we've gotta evaluate what we're worshiping and how we're approaching the Father because see, that's, that's what changes everything. And it starts by listening. So he says in verse two, do not be rash with your mouth or let your heart be hasty to utter words before God for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let Your words be few, be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. How do we have an undivided heart? It starts by listening. It starts by listening. And then second, in verses four through seven, at some point we do have to speak. So how should we speak? Watch this in verse four. And he says, when you do make a vow to God, do not delay in paying it. Now understand, God never commanded that we vow or make promises to him. In fact, Jesus will say it's unnecessary because simply we should let our yes be yes and our no, no. Why do we make vows? Because we know we are untruthful. How often do we say, honestly, (laughs) honestly, I'm telling you the truth, no lie. What's in us? We know we're untruthful. And he's saying the same thing. Don't simply make a vow to God. God sees through that. He doesn't take pleasure in fools. He knows your heart. And so be honest before Him. Verse five it's better that you should not vow, meaning make a promise, than you should vow and not pay. So do not let your mouth lead you into sin. And don't say before the messenger, and He's describing the temple messenger, you've made this vow. Now He's coming to collect. And He says, oh, I'm just kidding. It was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. But, and here's the key, God is the one you should fear. God is the one you should fear. You know, when we listen to voices today, there's there's a way we can listen And allow what we're hearing to be filtered through the voice of God. And again, Jesus touched on it in Deuteronomy 6, touched on it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. When you're listening to a voice, would you ask this question, how is this teaching me to love God? If I take this information in, what is it saying about the love of God and what it looks like to love God? And then second, it's simple. When you're listening, whether it's to the radio, television, whatever that message is, what is this saying about how I love my neighbor? And if it doesn't look like Jesus, it's not from Jesus. I mean, isn't that pretty simple? That's pretty simple, you can go home. (laughs) Because listen, James J- James is constantly talking about what saturates our heart. I love James. I love James. And he says, "Watch out for bitter envy and selfish ambition." Watch out. You know what it looks like? It means that we boast and we deny the truth. And he says, "Such wisdom it doesn't come down from heaven." Bitter envy, selfish ambition, boasting, it's earthly. It's unspiritual and it's of the devil. Because when you harbor envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, man, we, we boast, we deny the truth. But the wisdom that comes down from heaven, hear these words. It's first of all pure, it's peace loving, it's considerate, it's submissive, it's impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace, raise a harvest of righteousness. Jesus walked in that every single day. Whether he was in conflict with someone attacking him or whether he was going out to redeem the world, Jesus walked in the wisdom that captivated his heart which came from the Father. And that's what it looks like. And see, often as we walk out into the world, sometimes we're trying to do things for God but not from an attitude that comes from God but comes from the world. We're trying to use the world's ways to accomplish God's ends. And that's where the writer of Ecclesiastes said, you're you're being foolish. Our battle isn't against flesh and blood. Don't use the methods of flesh and blood. Walk by the Spirit. And when we walk by the Spirit and we're in tune to the Spirit, and listen, this is a process. I wanna understand. This is not something you're just gonna get. Right. Every morning you got to get up and you got to put it back on. And it's got to be a fight and a choice for freedom. Christ has set free. Therefore, stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. What's the slavery? It's the lie. It's the deceit. Every single day, we've gotta surrender ourselves to the Father, listen to his voice, and then when voices come in that bring us to anxiety, and bring us to anger, or bring us to lust, or bring us to whatever it brings us to, we've gotta throw that right alongside what God says, and we gotta let the two wrestle it out, and the Spirit will overwhelm the voices of the world and begin to change and sanctify our heart, because why did the Spirit come? To remind us of what Jesus said, and to sanctify us by the truth. Are we allowing that to saturate it? And then are we a church that does that for one another, that doesn't just give good advice, but instead brings one another back to Christ and to his word and challenges each other? You know, the most freeing moment is when someone challenges you with truth and the Spirit convicts you there is a freedom there, even in your brokenness and sin, and you say, that's right. I mean, I've had those moments because I'm someone that's quick to speak. I I do it for a living. It's kind of of the problem with the trade. And and there's times I get passionate and it's it's hard to receive that rebuke at times, but when it comes from somebody who loves you and you receive it with humility, it sets you free. And that's what the writer of Ecclesiastes is saying, watch out, watch your words, because see your words reveal your heart. Listen to the Father. Church, where are we on that? Where are we? If you need some practical resources, you can get a Bible app and simply begin to get into a reading program. It'll even read it to you. But find a way to get into scripture. And then secondly, you do need to kind of tap into your your uniqueness as a human being and how God speaks to you, whether it's through music or through hiking and listening or, or through a community. Sometimes it's being in a Bible study with men or women or with a small group and simply wrestling with it together, whatever it looks like. Learn to listen to it. And then secondly, would you start to evaluate what you're listening to from the world? Because here's the biggest challenge. This is what kind of keeps me up at night. I can't overcome the voices you listen to all week. I got 30 minutes and I'm not that good. The spirit can, but realize when we're constantly filling ourselves with stuff, it takes that much more for the spirit of God to overcome the stuff we're already filled with. Be careful with what you're feeling, your mind, your heart. I'm not saying you can't listen to it, but if, it, if it's not, bless you, bless you, brother. Sorry, ADD. If it's not a healthy diet, it will overwhelm you. It'll overwhelm you. Hey, let me pray for us. Father, I thank you that, um, Father, I thank you that you didn't just send us instructions. You sent us the word who became flesh. The word that dwelt among us, the word that submitted to the Father through the power of the Spirit, that listened to your voice. And Father, even though the outcome of his life was death, through his obedience and his trust in you, Father, you brought about salvation. And so likewise, Father, sometimes as we go out into this world, it doesn't pay to obey you that we may face opposition, we may even face death, but when we're listening to the Spirit, when our heart is open to you, and Father, we're surrendered to your voice, you bring about something that the world could not. You bring about redemption, restoration, salvation, wholeness, and healing. And Father, as Bergen Park Church, we wanna love Evergreen well. We wanna love this community well, but we can't do that unless we're allowing you to speak. And so I will say again, Father, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Help us to listen in Jesus' name.